Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. It's proverbially Boxing Day in the Super Bowl world. We've made it. We smashed through Christmas Day. Super Bowl Sunday is over. And we've got one hell of a happy co-host, big man. Happy Super Bowl Boxing Day. How are you feeling today? We're world champions. Who would have thought it? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are world champions for the second time. Never in doubt was it really when Tom Tom Brady signed. That was that was it. We were all just sort of just playing the waiting game. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible to have watched. Not not just to have just watched us win, but but dominate. I mean, like as as Super Bowls go, that is in the top five most dominant Super Bowl performances. And then when you put into consideration, they're the reigning champions. They're the team that were the favorites. They're the team with the offense. And you, and you restrict them to what you restrict them to. And you think what I just watched was absolutely incredible. So yeah, uh, unbelievable feeling to, to watch, to experience it. It's just about sort of sunk in. Um, it's taken all day, I think. Um, and there's a lot of people who I was messaging last night who are feeling very similar. Uh, we have a little WhatsApp, uh, UK Bucks community. Some of them came on the the special. And I think some of them might be watching this now, or might go back and watch it or listen to it. And um, 
yeah, we were all messaging a lot and it, we weren't willing to admit it until I don't know when, probably about five minutes to go, four minutes to go is I think when we sort of allowed ourselves to think that that this was this was the result so yeah very 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 happy it's it, it's just amazing to to see your team win a super bowl and unless you're a patriots fan or uh you know an eagles fan or seahawks fan denver fan um or chiefs fan this doesn't come along that often and even for the franchise i've mentioned it doesn't come along it's just the patriots really that that seems to turn up so so yeah, it, I mean, it's just incredible to to experience it, and uh, who knows what happens next year. But I think we just take some time and and enjoy the incredible ability to to win a Super Bowl in the way that they won it. Yeah, I think it was three minutes forty to go when you text me saying book it, and I'll ha- I'll hold my hands up. I had work super early this morning, so that is when I turned over. I thought I can catch the celebrations another day. This is this one's over. The Bucks have won it, so I I turned off and went to bed. At, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it when it, it, it. I don't know. It was early. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it was really just the. I think when it got to the point where it was still three scores, it was five minutes left. You knew we were going to have the ball once or twice more to in that period as well. You, you kind of just got the impression that, that this, this was it. If they were going to do something, it was going to be in the first five minutes, 10 minutes of the half. And I, I, you know, I think when we got to that stage with five minutes to go and they hadn't put points on the board, I was like, if they haven't done it by now, they're not going to put enough on in that period of time. Yeah. And that was the sort of point. And people were messaging like, "Congratulations, it's over." And I'm like, "No, it's not over." <laughs> I mean, I, I think back to um, when it was 28 to nine, and then uh, Jensen throws one over Brady's head, and Brady has to land on the ball. And you're thinking, like, right, well, we've just thrown away three points here because Suckup's got a score from 52, and he does. And, he's, and we're getting to it, but that was the point I started to believe. I think, but yeah, just incredible to to go through and. You know, if your your team wins any championship, whether it's a Super Bowl, whether it's a Champions League, a Premier League title, anything like that, the the experience of winning it is incredible, and it's very different this year with COVID. Um, we couldn't, I couldn't celebrate that with anybody else in mm. in person, but it was quite an intimate way to do it. I was at home, you know, up on my own. My wife was in bed. My kid was in bed but I was messaging you guys. I was messaging a couple of close friends and, and the Buccaneers fans who we've ridden every game for the last few seasons together. And it was actually quite a nice way to, to do that um, as opposed to being in a bar and going absolutely nuts. So I don't, I didn't mind really that much. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, it's, Obviously, with you being a Buccaneers fan, you and I have a slightly different view on the whole Super Bowl thing itself last night from what it was as a game perspective. Because obviously, it's all regardless of what the score is, it's going to be better for you because you are world champions. Your team, as you say, that never really happens. So, but I think for me, the game was over a lot sooner because the more the the Bucks strangled Kansas, the more they had to try, the more they stuttered. And I mean, I I don't have the stat in front of me now, but I think Patrick Mahomes ran nearly f- for nearly 400 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, oh, yeah, he yeah. scrambled so, for 464 yards or something like that. Which is just 
ridiculous. I mean, it, it, that stat alone is why they lost because he had to be so mobile yesterday. And you're asking a guy who needs toe surgery after the season to to run for his life on every single play. It got it got to the point where I'm thinking this is it, it, nothing's going to change here. And they can't change anything enough to stop the Bucks ruling what they were doing. Yeah. And, and it was it got to the point where I just thought this one's over far before it was because it was just so different on every phase of the game. This, the Chiefs on offense couldn't couldn't do anything because the Bucks D was so good. The Bucks offense is as good as it was. It wasn't lights out, but the Chiefs defense made it almost like putty in their hands with the penalties and stuff. And then when they needed to, they scored. So it was just everything went the Buccaneers way, and it was superb. Like to see. Brady win a, win another Lombardi. You get a championship. I was going to say ring, then you don't quite get one. But as a fan, you do. And yeah, I, I was happy either way. But I did want the Bucks to win. But as a neutral, it was much easier to see a Buccaneers win earlier out than you perhaps were for, for wanting yeah. to say. Uh, and I think that's going to always be the case when it's your team. There, I don't think you're ever feel confident until it gets to the point where you think this, this one's done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's true of any, any fan, uh, you know, it, it's a weird thing. People are asking me all week about, you know, do I think we can do it? And, you know, I was, I was quietly optimistic. I don't think I put any real major, um, I don't think I put any like major, like feelers that I didn't put, exude any extreme confidence, but I was quietly confident and I, I think a lot of it comes down to there was just so many similarities from the, when we did this in 2002 and I appreciate that's not a logical reason given the um, difference of personnel and coaches like everyone's different there's no one that's the same <laughs> literally no one that's the same but the the point of this is, is is when you win a championship you just kind of know when you're seeing something um, you just kind of know when you're seeing something break down in front of you. And I just knew they were getting better every week. I know Brady had a bit of a mare in the championship game with the three turnovers, but every week the Buccaneers just got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And a little, and it just like, I didn't feel that with the Chiefs. I, did, I didn't look at the Chiefs and think, this is a team I really fear because they hadn't looked great all year they, they and they weren't getting better. Yes, they had a great championship game, but they should have gone out when they played Cleveland. They won a lot of games by less than one score. I think it was eight in a row. They won eight in a row by one score, like six points or less. They weren't blowing teams out. You know, when people go back and people, I think, put Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on this pedestal, 14 and two, absolutely deserved. But do I really think that they were as good as they were last year? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure they were as good. And if you go back and you listen to people's commentary on the season and commentary on the Chiefs, the whole thing was, we're just waiting for the Chiefs to click. We're waiting for the Chiefs to click. If you go back and listen to all of this, they didn't really... They had a couple of games. That first quarter against Tampa, electric, probably the best quarter any team has played all season. But it's one, it's one quarter. Um, 
and that's why I felt a bit confident is it didn't feel that the Chiefs were coming into this massively strong. They were obviously favourites and deserved to be, and I said that. They were, on paper, you could argue, the better team. But I didn't walk into this feeling this was insurmountable. This was a David and Goliath. No. And I think the bookmakers pretty similar. There's some people really shocked the Buccaneers won this, and I'm sitting there thinking like you haven't really watched the last few months. You kind of looked at that week 12 game and you didn't really look at the rest of it and go, because this result was kind of coming. It was, I don't think this is a shock at all. I don't think anyone, maybe the manner of the, 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 the victory and the size of margin is a shock, but the, the fact that they won it, nah, I don't, I don't think it's a big shock. No, I mean we, we we mentioned it in in the preview show that it could go either way, and and there was no clear favourite. And it, the I think you're right. The manner in the victory sort of takes a, a shine off what perhaps the Chiefs should have brought to the table. I mean, there were some plays that should have been made by the Chiefs. There was, you know, you don't get hit three times in the face guard or the face cage, as Neil Reynolds called it. Uh, yeah. I mean, those things don't happen. If if your receivers are on form that day, maybe you miss one of them, but you get two of the other catches and those plays could lead to other stuff. But that, it's all with buts and maybes, isn't it? The Buccaneers are world champions and the Chiefs have got to... And, and, and Andy Reid as well has got to... I thought he was the type of coach who could perhaps adjust slightly to the Todd Bowles defence, what he's seen in front of him. But it just... Yeah, it was the same thing all night. And I yeah. think... I think the offensive line suffered massively and that, that was a key battle that the Buccaneers absolutely dominated in 60 minutes of football. Yeah, here's what I don't want to happen through this. Is I don't want people to make excuses for the Kansas City Chiefs because I've seen it all day. Well, their offensive line was banged up. Um, they were playing with four of their five offensive line backups. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, but these guys are all NFL rostered players. They're not. They're not average yeah. Joes. Um, and and then you're looking at well, Mahomes. He needs surgery on his toe. He clearly wasn't fit. Well, he looked all right, and he looked all right in the championship game when he completely decimated Buffalo. Um, yes, I get. To be there, fair, he was good. There. He was good yesterday, Mahomes. There yeah. was a few short passes where he, he underthrew receivers and stuff. But on the whole, for somebody who was running for his life, he was actually pretty good. Yeah, and then the, the Andy Reid and his son being in a in a car crash, and um, and that was taking away focus. I think all of these things are are excuses, and I think take away from what what really happened, which was one team just dominated the other team. I think they're all marginal things that that do have an impact on the result, and I think if the result is a seven point victory. You could sit there and probably argue that that was the difference. When you get beat by 22, and, and let's be honest, it was 22 points because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense in the second half didn't need to do a lot. They just took time off the clock. So it's a different game. When you when you don't have to score, you, it's a different game. You're not trying to get the ball down. You know, the Buccaneers stopped throwing the deep ball. They just started chunking plays and 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 taking yards off and taking time off. They're not trying to score at that stage. All they're trying to do is kill the clock. It's a very, very different game. If the Buccaneers needed to score, I, I, I really genuinely believe they left a touchdown or two out there. But yeah, it's I, anyway, we, we've got a whole off season to to enjoy now. And the Buccaneers will be picking 32 in the draft for the first time in their history. I think I think it puts everything on the table. I think I think it literally puts everything on the table. 
I think every every position is is on the table until after free agency. When when you're picking a thirty two, I, I I legitimately think anything other than kicker is is probably on the table because yeah, I mean like. I, I wasn't one for thinking let's take a quarterback in round one, but then when you're looking at 32, you're thinking like, well, a five-year option. Yeah. Oh, we're back. Well, I know so, yeah. live in the webs. Yeah. So let's, let's get back into, we we did have a bit of a show. We were going to do a bit of a, an intro. And, um, I was going to talk about the week in the build-up to this um, because it was a bit of a strange week in, in general. We did our previous show that went out. It was phenomenal. The responses for that were, were, were brilliant. But, um, you know, I, I got to this point at, on Saturday and I, I messaged uh, you guys and I messaged our staff that I wasn't sure I wanted to do a show this week because um, social media has been really, really um, cruel to us as individuals, to me uh personally over the last few weeks um it's been pretty pretty horrible and i kind of suffered a little bit in silence which is which is not a good thing to do um i kind of let a lot of it ride off and i kind of tried to not let any of it bother me too much and and i don't think um a lot of it probably did at first um but basically over the last three weeks um myself personally and then also this podcast has been tagged with um some pretty horrible things being said such as i've personally been called more on a stupid evil hate preacher which really didn't understand what that was (laughs) um a few a few four letter swear words um disgusting vile um we were called snakeskin oil um snakeskins oil and salmon basically like we just sell we don't care we're just in it for money which you know i'm quite happy to go very publicly here and say that i've never taken one penny out of um or and nor of you stocks nor of you that all three of us have never taken a penny for financial gain out of this that yes we have made money yes we've taken some expenses back from stuff that we've paid for but we've never taken one piece profit. Um, I think the thing that we've splurged ourselves on is we've allowed ourselves to buy ourselves some, <laughs> like a, a five of us t-shirt or something out of the, out of the business account. We bought some for our staff, but who write for us for free. Um, and we bought them things with, with that money, but we spend most of it on either the show or whatever. So the fact that, you know, people think that we're in this for financial gain. I, t- I tell you that for free. That, that's not true. Um, people insinuated that we take um, charity money and put it out in our back pocket. So I think that was the one that really got me. And, and, and listen, we're in a time that for me, Saturday was a very dark day. Um, I've really struggled mentally with uh, lockdown with um, a lot of things, to be perfectly honest. Um, and it's not something I'm comfortable talking about. Um I just think it's something that you keep private. You try and handle as best you can. And I felt quite ashamed um, at a lot of this. And there is still a bit of a stigma, and at least in my head, and I know that shouldn't be, be true. And there was just a lot of bullying. And I've been bullied a lot in my life um, for many different reasons. I just... Uh, and it's not just us. You know, you look at what's going on with Manchester United minority players 
you look at today, Mike Dean, um, the football referee. And listen, I don't like Mike Dean. I don't think he's a very good referee. I don't think he should do his job. But to deliver death threats to him and his family for some decisions that he's made in a football game is just a little bit too far. And uh, there is something going on in our society with regards to social media that people can just be anonymous and and write pretty disgusting and horrible things to people who are just trying to either do their jobs or try and do good. We're, we're just here to try and entertain people and talk about the things that we love. And to have the messages that have been sent to us and, and cause doubt and concern and smirch the name. For me, what upset me was the fact it came back on, on everyone else. Um, what did we do to deserve such messages? We asked not to be tagged in a post um, that was promoting merchandise. Um, it had the word please in it. And people can argue whether or not that was the right strategy or, or whatnot. Hindsight probably should have sent a DM, but we didn't. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, we just asked not to be tagged in merchandise posts. Um which I think is perfectly fair if we've said that we don't want to, you know, um, that's what caused a lot of this. So, and we've seen what's happened. There's been other examples. I'm not going to name other podcasts and, and things that people have done recently, but I just, I, I really got to the point on Saturday where I, I messaged you both. I said, I just don't know if I want to do this this week or just, and it, or for a few weeks. And I, I said, I just need some time away. I, I wrote in some groups. I mean, I got out of a lot of Facebook groups. Um, I changed all my settings on, on Twitter so that people who don't follow me can't message or, or whatever. I changed a lot of things. Um, and then some things happened over the last 48 hours that changed my mind. And a lot of people say, well, you won the Super Bowl and that's made you a lot happier. I'm not going to lie. A little bit of it is that. But actually, there was some there were two really big things. And the first one was the, the death of, of Chris Wessling was the one that really um, was the first thing that kind of changed my mind. Um, now I've met Chris. I met him very briefly at the um, Buccaneers Carolina game in 2019. For those of you who don't know, he hosts or he hosted the uh, around the NFL podcast. If you, if you haven't heard of that podcast and you're listening to this one, I mean, I guess kudos. Um <laughs> But really, you should go and listen. In fact, I'm going to be really blunt and honest now and say they put an episode out today in, in memory and dedication of Wes. If you're listening to this on podcast, you haven't listened to the one on Wes, then just hit the pause button now on this podcast and um, go and listen to that one first. Um, because it's it's an hour and seven minutes long of just one of the most wonderful tributes to one of the most what seem to be really lovely blokes in this world. And you know um i met him he gave me some great advice about how to watch football and and what to look for in in certain things and some books to read and things like that and he was really gracious with with his time um but i've listened to him for a number of years i know you have stocks i know you, you do lee i know a lot of our writers I know a lot of people listen to that podcast it's the best podcast out there it's what we all aspire to be it's the blue ribbon podcast really a football podcast it's the blue ribbon podcast and you know, that really hurt to see that. And it makes you think that, you know, life is, is short, that it, we are all so vulnerable that we could all not be here next week. And this is a dark thing and I'm not going to go into a big thing, but that was the the first thing I was like, why would I 
not want to do the thing I love, which is talking here with you guys, especially you stocks, you know, you're like my brother, um, who I, I love very much. And I was thinking, why don't I, you know, why am I denying myself something I absolutely love and want to do? Because some people who don't have the courage to either create themselves or try and pull down those that do, uh, I just kind of, that kind of gave me a wake up call. And then the other was some, just some great messages from people. Um, I didn't tell many people about this. I told a couple, but not many. Um, but we had some wonderful messages of support from people who had seen these posts and, and retaliated with their own positive posts of their own and defending the positions. And, and again, I, I kind of think, well, why would I stop myself from doing the thing I enjoy and let, let somebody who is anonymous behind a, a crappy handle um, win? Like, I don't, I don't, it, it gave me the wake up call I needed. Um, and yeah, and then obviously you win the Super Bowl and that kind of also perks your mood up a little bit because it takes you away. You know, we're in a difficult time with lockdown. Um, we've been locked down for the best part of a year. I know some people that weren't locked down for periods, whatever. I, I basically see it as if this is an 11 month lockdown that I've not seen uh, family or close friends. I've seen you a couple of times, stocks. I've not really seen anyone else. Uh, a couple of people, but I mean, I've not seen my my mum. I've seen my mum once in, in 12 months um, and not inside in a public setting. Uh, not seen my sister in that time. I've not seen uh, other loved ones, um, close friends. So I think a lot of it gets to it. And, and, you know, I think if you are feeling like that, whether it's trolls, whether it's um, people just criticizing, whether it's you, you feel trapped in your own home or you're trapped with lockdown. Um, my DMs are open. Um, drop me a message. I just think talk um, at Murph underscore NFL. You know, maybe we do Zoom chats over lunchtime. Maybe we do whatever we can do to, to talk. I need to do it more. I'm not trying to go from like this higher power far from it i i struggle as best or or, or more than most um but we got to do more we got to do more as people to not just talk about these issues but actually on on top of that we we have to make sure that we're all held accountable to what we say and do and inversely social media companies need to be held accountable if you if you're the type of person that's going on and trolling people for good uh people who do good uh or people who just do something and you're trolling those people and you're sending death threats or you're writing pretty horrible uh things and and accusing people of pretty horrible things you need to take a look in the mirror you really need to take a look in the mirror and you need to ask yourself who who you are as a person and what and why do you feel like that because why why would you do that why would you message why would you put in a public forum that 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 three people are stealing money from charities and, and people like, I mean, our charity competition last year, we didn't take a penny because we asked people to donate. <laughs> we asked people to donate. We said to people donate to whatever cause you want. This is an extraordinary year where a lot of charities in effect, and we didn't even make it mandatory. We said, if you've got the money, donate, suggested amount, 10 pounds, $10. Send a screenshot. That'd be great. Let's know how much we kind of raised. But we didn't handle any of that money. We didn't put it in the bank account. We didn't take any money. We asked people to donate to a cause that they believed in because charities suffered massively in 2020. 
this year we've got a GoFundMe page that's on our pinned tweet. When <laughs> no, I just you know I'm not going to give the the crap any more public airing than I have. It, this is more a message of if you are being victimized on Twitter or or, or any other social media platform, um, or you're just mentally struggling and you just need to talk. My DMs are open. Um, you can drop me a DM. We can schedule a call. We can do a Zoom call. Um, we all need to talk. And if you're struggling, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to not be okay, I think is the the big mantra here. And I think what what it I think it is down to that mental health thing. We need to it doesn't matter who you are. If you want to talk, then we're available to talk. Even if you want to talk about something like I'm, I'm quite good at listening. So if you want to come and talk to me about crocheting or if you can teach me one thing in our conversation, or I can make you feel slightly better by being a bit of a goon, then, then hit me up because I'm available for chat just as well as Murph is. I'm not on Twitter, but if you really want to talk to me, you can find me. I am out there. That's not a challenge, but <laughs> it's just harder to find me than it is everybody else. But I think yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the thing with the West's passing that really got me was it, being a father of a young boy, especially. Mm. And I, I, obviously, Link's, and there'll be people around Link for the rest of his life who will tell him just how wonderful Chris really was. And, and Lakeisha will, will do the same. But I think as far as Chris was going, you know, when he, I don't know how much he knew when he was passing or anything like that, but he's just going through his brain would have been the fact that he's leaving link behind at such a young age would regardless of how he's what he's dealing with and i think that that would be destroying in itself and you can't imagine what that would be like in his situation i know it would be crushing for me it would be crushing for anybody who was leaving a young child behind so i i found that bit difficult in 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 respects to young child being involved yeah I, I couldn't agree more. And again, we're all, all three of us, Lee here, you know, all, all three of us have children aged two or less. And I, yeah, I put myself in that position and thought, wow, I just, I, such a good bloke. Like, you know, you, you hear tributes to people, like, like you just know he's a good bloke. And yeah. Yeah, I, it's someone I've met once very briefly in a very short interaction, but I've exchanged tweets and I just really, yeah, it, it, it hurt like that. I mean, like, I think it touched, it touched many more people than perhaps 100%. people thought, it, a, not, not people thought it would, that's a terrible way of putting it, but his outreach was far greater than perhaps he knew or mm-hmm. they knew as a podcast and everybody involved with that podcast. I think yeah. when you have four people of not that stature, but who individually bring so much to us to an event such as the Around the League podcast, that it, it it magnifies itself when something like this happens. And, you know, the fact that those three guys were able to, to get on with their telecast during Sky Sports, during the Super Bowl for Sky Sports with such professionalism is... A statement for them as well as much as missing their comrade because I'm not sure I could do it if somebody that close to me passed that close to the Super Bowl and then no. it yeah that it's just it's such a shame and he will be sadly sadly missed yeah he, he really will and uh, yeah I think there's a GoFundMe link going around and um, we'll put it in the podcast notes as well um, 
last time I checked, they'd raised $125,000 for Lakeisha and the family. Um, if you can donate, even if it's a dollar, pound, whatever it is, um, please do. Um, yeah, I, I just think it, it, it's a horrible, cancer's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. I hope in our lifetime, you know, and and I think back to others who, who have, uh, you know, died of cancer in this community. Steve Rains is one that, that pops back to me that, you know, we're having a, a conversation about Steve Rains and I'm talking to him about who, you know, taking the kill Harry in the, in the draft and we're playing in a fantasy league with him. And then, you know, two, three months later, he's passed away and you're just like, what? And he didn't know. It's not like he had cancer for years. It was just something that was found, diagnosed. And yeah, I just, cancer is a horrible thing. I know Jack Humphrey, I, I think of everyone I know, probably had, at the Kickers Matters podcast, probably had the worst 2020 of anyone I know um, in terms of who he lost. Um there's people out there that have suffered some a massive amount of losses, not just to cancer, but just losses in general. And if that, if that's not a wake up call for people just to do better, just do better, just be better people. It just, when you write a tweet, just think before you send it, do I really want to send this? What's the repercussions of me sending this? What's that going to do? And do you know what? Even if you send it and even if it's wrong, just send an apology. Just apologize. I apologized to someone who I didn't think my tweet was massively offensive. They they took offense to it. I apologized. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things get taken the wrong way. It's binary text. The, the meaning and the spirit behind things can be taken all sorts of different ways. That's okay. But if someone feels bad because of what you wrote, apologize. Just say, I didn't mean it like that. I'm really, truly sorry you feel like that. I'm, but not in that sarcastic, I'm sorry you felt like that. <laughs> but in that, I, I meant no offense. Did not mean it to be like that. I am sorry. I'll think better before, or I'll think more clearly before I send something and think about all the repercussions of how that sends. People are going to make mistakes with tweets. People are going to send mistakes with messages. That's okay. Nobody's perfect. But when you hurt somebody... Own up to it, apologize, move on. If you're one of those people who just do this for kicks or fun or I don't know what fun there is in it, then I really hope that you can find yourself again. I hope you can find yourself as a person and I hope that you can talk to somebody about why you feel the need to do that. And I hope that you can... I hope you can, I don't know, learn to look. I don't know what, why people would do it. So I'm not going to say it and say you need to reach a certain outcome. But anyway, enough, enough about that. I I wanted to say that because, you know, I very nearly didn't want to. Well, I, I didn't on Saturday. I didn't want to do this show, regardless of the outcome. I didn't want to do it because I just thought, I don't know if this is worth it. Yeah. And that's not the right attitude to have. Um and that's something I need to be better at. But anyway, we had a great game yesterday. Not for everybody. I know some people didn't. Let's break it down really, really quickly and talk about um, the game itself. I think the fitting thing for me is to talk about the, the you know, we, we did the build up to death. But I don't know. Did you? Did any of you watch any of the pregame? 
So I only watched from uh, 11. So no, 11, was yeah. it 11? Yeah. So obviously I, I slept before because I, I had work. So I slept before, watched it, and then went back to bed. So I only watched probably 35, 40 minutes of pregame. So I didn't see much. So I watched the NFL Network coverage of it, and I had to turn it off. Now, I get the fact that it's the Super Bowl. It's the biggest event of, of the year, especially for NFL Network. And I get the fact that they're trying to make it as normal as possible. Where I got really awkward with it was there was a few things. First of all, they did an interview with Rich uh, Eisen and Cynthia Freeland, and she was going through some game picks of like expected outcomes of the game, right? On will Travis Kelsey get over a hundred yards or will Rob, Rob, will Rob Gronkowski um, be a factor in this game, right? All these sorts of things. But she was a hologram. So Rich Heisen interviewing a hologram and it was like timed kind of, it was either timed scripts between the two or it was a live interview in which they just superimposed her in the stadium. Wow. It was very weird. Like, <laughs> we, we've been on Zoom for a year almost. You can do a Zoom call. I'm not going to think any less of NFL Network yeah. for doing a Zoom call in that scenario. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm not the target audience, but I just thought that was weird. And then the really weird one is they got an interviewer to interview Tom Brady's parents. And again, this interview is clearly conducted over Zoom. But what they've done is they've made it look like the reporter is in this is in Tom Brady's parents' house. So they've got her sat in a room facing the camera with like all the decoration behind, and you've got the parents sitting at the table. A very weird. And I was just like, there's just no need to make it look like she's in the room. <laughs> just like, again, make it a Zoom call. I don't care. Whatever. It just was weird. And they made it like she's talking to the camera as if she's talking to Tom Brady's parents. And you're like, Tom Brady's parents' house is not decorated like that. It's very clear. They're very different locations because one is very minimalist and there's not a lot. And the other one's got loads of pictures in the background. All these other things. Like, it's clearly not the same place. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I'd turn it off. I'd have to turn it off and I end up watching the America's game of the 2002 Buccaneers. <laughs> Very apt. It was weird. I just thought it was weird. I was like, please, next year, can we not do weird hologram and and weird stuff like that? It's just, it's just it's, no. If you can't get people in the room, do it on Zoom. It's fine. It unless, doesn't make the viewing spectacle any less. Unless we are just getting older and technology is slowly passing us by and the halftime shows are getting less and less attractive. Oh. Not attractive, that's the wrong word, but a, a less and less appealing to watch rather than going to sort yourself out with another beer and some wings or whatever and a coffee and coming back to get to the second half. I don't know. But we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to the halftime show, Murph. Let, let's quickly run through the first and second quarters. The first obviously started. It was a KG start for both teams, three and four outs. The, the Chiefs actually scored first. Brady had the moniker of never scoring a touchdown in the first quarter. Didn't have long on the clock, but managed to race up and score and then Gronk scored a touchdown Mahomes was limited to just nine passing yards in the first quarter it was it was dink and dunk the first 15 minutes yeah I I think it's it's an interesting first quarter you know I thought they'd come out firing Brady's been in Super Bowls before Mahomes had been there last year I kind of thought that you know three and outs four and outs didn't really neither team really looked like they were settled and then the Buccaneers went on that scoring drive at the end of the first to 
to take the lead. And it, I mean, it was the first drive of the game really that looked strongly coherent and they put a really, really good drive together. Um, but it was very, very cagey. And I think at the end of the first quarter, nobody looked at the game and thought what's going to transpire over the next three quarters is what's going to transpire. Like, I think people were quite happy with the start. It was a bit cagey, didn't really have the free flowing, but there wasn't any real conclusions to be drawn other than both defenses looked like they were really up for it and were containing. And it was the first part of a chess match. And we thought, okay, it's still close. It's still going to be a good game. Um, a shout out to Gronk. I mean, he was phenomenal again to get to get the touchdown. Um, Brady knowing where to find his men uh, for the drive. Um, yeah, I, I just I thought it was a very interesting first quarter. Like it went by really quickly, despite all the caginess. Like I, I watched the game. I didn't really know kind of what to what to take out of it, other than this should be a good game. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, there's not much really to say. I, th- I thought that the Buccaneers got to got to Mahomes. They put pressure on. Um, they forced him to escape. He was escaping very well in the beginning. I thought that um, the way that they took Tyreek Hill out of the game in the first quarter was massive. Overall, it was, again, kind of, but, but then they got to Brady. They caused pressure. Kansas City Chiefs. Um, there wasn't really a big, big, big play in that until sort of that last drive of the, of the quarter. But mm. yeah, it was, it was a cagey first, first quarter, but um, you know, the Buccaneers got, got, I think got their act together first and, and got the first meaningful points of the game. Yeah. And then, and then we thought, well, I, I obviously I thought Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs would come right back at the Buccaneers and, and level things up and make it close again. And it was going to be the dog fight that we all hoped, but uh, the Buccaneers, they forced great field position twice. They then got stood up on the one yard line. I mean, they couldn't get into the, to the end zone. The Chiefs did really well there, stopping the yeah. touchdown run. Then the Chiefs had to settle for field goal. And then the Buccaneers did it again towards the end of the first half. The Chiefs turned it over, and there was just two penalties that meant the Buccaneers were but on the their Chiefs way. The Chiefs got a turnover, but it was taken back because of the penalties. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the holding that was. I can't remember who it was now. Um, it was the holding by Tyrone Tyrone Matthew. Yeah, I, I was tr- I was confusing it with one. Oh, no, he caught the ball, so it was. Yeah, um, it was a Tredarius Ward. Tredarius Ward on Mike yeah. Evans. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, was... they, they 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 stopped the Buccaneers twice on that drive. So the first one was, um, the, f- the first was obviously the interception, which then got taken straight off because of the hold. And the second was um, they jumped offside on the field goal. You know, the Bucks scored a field goal on that drive. It was fourth and five. Uh, Bucks, you know, Sucker puts it straight through the upright. It's, um, you know, 17, 17 points to six. Hmm. And then um, they jump offside. It's exactly five yards. Buccaneers get the first down and continue the drive. Um I just you you can't make silly and then you've got the PI in there. Um the Chiefs calling timeout on third and two. I mean there's just so many different errors. They just the, the Chiefs defense in that, there was about a five, six minute spell where they just made a lot of errors. Enough errors to lose a game. I mean, at half time they were the most penalized team in the history of the Super Bowl. At half time. <laughs> Well, that's that's going to take some beating going forward, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't give away too many in the second half, but wow, I mean, they they really, really, and you know, this is the point where people will talk about some of the calls. 
I thought the only one was the the PI in the end zone was 50-50. I thought the rest were, you couldn't really argue them. And again, it looked like Arians and and Bowles and and everyone had talked to the officials in their meetings and said, they're bitey, they're going to grab, they're going to grab on on runs, they're going to grab our receivers, just keep an eye on that, they're going to grab the receivers. It it was very clear that the officials knew what to look for. And then what what was silly was, they kept doing it, <laughs> you know, you get penalized once or twice and you think, well, okay, fine. We've got to adjust our game plan. You cannot keep getting penalized for the same errors because that's how you lose football games. And mm. that period there where they allowed the Buccaneers to score a touchdown when really they should have got off the field. And then the, the timeout, people will talk about that timeout and say, well, what were the chiefs doing calling a timeout um, on, you know, a Buccaneers third and two? On, on a on a one minute drive, at the end of the day, they're trying to get the ball back. They're clearly not performing, and they're trying to get an extra possession. I one hundred percent get the logic on it, and I think it's the right call because when you haven't got anything going for you, you need to try and do something different. Doing the same thing isn't working. You're trying to be aggressive. You're backing your defense to get a stop on third and two. It doesn't work. It costs you a touchdown. It's a fine margin. That's a Super Bowl. It's the same reason that the Buccaneers went for it on fourth and one instead of kicking a field goal. Kicking a field goal is the easy decision, right? It's the easy line when you take the three points. Buccaneers went for it. If they'd lost the game by three points, I guarantee everyone would have looked at that call in the second quarter and gone, well, that was too aggressive. Yeah. But that's the game. You've got to play the win. The Chiefs played the win. That decision was not a bad decision. It didn't work out, but it wasn't a bad decision. Mm. We're, as we're talking ball, so fluently Murph will skirt over the halftime show and we'll come back. Moving into the third quarter, the Chiefs scored first, but it was another field goal, which would end up being final score of the game. It was at that point I messaged you saying this something along the lines of this is, you know, this one's this one's looking pretty good. And then uh, obviously podcast favourite, Noodle Legs himself, playoff Lenny. He's uh, he's, he's definitely <laughs> resurrected himself in the eyes of Murph right now. I don't know how that will come next year but I mean the Chiefs continue to let Patrick Mahomes be chased all over the field the Bucks were just an absolute pressure cooker it was unbelievable to you, so you see some of their plays and their formations and stuff along the line you think no wonder they get to people this you just you can't cover that when te- they know what to, almost know what teams are running and you've just stunts and blocks and it was it was superb to watch really and then obviously Ryan suck up is, does what he's been doing all season straight through the middle like plum yeah, but but not from 52 he hasn't no, i mean true. my word when, when he kicked it from 52 i was like i think we're gonna win this game <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like 52 i was like this is ryan suck up he, i mean this he's automatic from 40 and under all day long got no problem like the keys is making it all day long from 40 and under and there's a great value in that, but from 52, when, and it came from Jensen, he throws the ball over Brady's head. It's similar to the Ben Roethlisberger nightmare against the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. He said, oh my God, no. We've just, we've just thrown three points away. It's only then 28 points to nine. It's still close. And I sat there and thought, oh, what's going to happen? And then Suckup drills it from 52, and I thought, wow, if he's drilling 52. I mean, his career long is 54. It's not exactly... <laughs> 
sixties. We talked about Tampa as well being a difficult place to kick. Well, everyone made their kicks. There was no missed kicks in that game, other than the punter had an absolute nightmare. Tommy Townsend. I mean, he's a rookie blessing. He, yeah, but his first one, he, his first punt that got called back was really good, and then could they. Um, it was holding on that punt and they moved it back and then he, he duffed it. So I guess that was a pressure situation that got to him there, but yeah, I mean, that's what it was. And then the turnover, I mean, it's unlucky from Holmes that gets called the deception. Uh, it's tipped. And that's then part and at... parcel of playing quarterback. If you, if you throw yeah. the ball and it's tipped as an INT, but yeah, it wasn't it's on him. Great, it, it's tipped by the Buccaneers defense and, and Anton Winfield Jr. Comes back with the ball. And I mean, Listen, it's an incredible reaction play, and that that started to. I think at that point, people were starting to think, okay, this this game's done. When you start getting the turnovers, I mean, yeah. But I thought I thought what was interesting in that third quarter was you thought the bucket, you thought the Chiefs were going to have to come out at halftime. They were getting the ball. They're going to make a statement drive. Okay, they get points. Fair enough, they get points. You think fine, but you thought they're going to make a statement drive, and they don't. He's in there like, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And, and this is where Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett was incredible in that second half. JPP, Levante, David, uh, you know, Devin White, Sean Murphy, Bunting, all those guys were just incredible in that, in that first half, in that, that third quarter. Because it would have been so easy to let the Chiefs score. It would have been so easy. I mean, they took, to, they took Tommy Hill out of the game. And they said to Kelsey, well, you could have your catches down the middle. Fine. He didn't uh, even really have enough of those to be impactful, did he? No, I mean, you, you look at his stat line at the end of the game and you sit there and think, oh, he had 10 catches for 130-odd yards. I mean, that's cool. He had a game. And you realise that actually all of them kind of came when the game was over. Mm. And the Buccaneers would just stop in the big play. Oh, you know what? If you, want, if you want to have 28 yards over the middle, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter to us. You can have 28 yards in your own half. Like, that, that's all right because you're not going to get 50, 60. You know, the Buccaneers didn't give up a really big play. They gave up a 30 yard play to Kelsey when the game was pretty much dead. And they gave up a 20 odd yard run to Clyde with Hilaire. And that was it. Mm. Tyree Hill didn't, I think, it, I think Tyree Hill had a 21 yard play again when the game was pretty much dead. There was a lot of garbage time yards that kind of got tacked on there. But when the game was, was in balance, there weren't big. There weren't big plays. No. Where the, the the big plays were being made by the Buccaneers uh, receivers. Mike Evans made a big play. Antonio Brown made a big play. Gronk made a big play. Playoff Lenny made a big play. They were playoff the ones making Lenny. the play. There's, there's play, no way Lenny. his neck moniker is not changing from Noodle Legs to Playoff Lenny. I just will he's not. Playoff Lenny now. He's got a ring. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about the fourth quarter because okay, there are no points in the fourth quarter. And this is my point where I said about this could have been 45-9. The Buccaneers decided that they weren't in need of scoring any more points. They got 31. And they just took the game away from the Chiefs. They just ran the ball. They ran it hard. They tired that team out. And then what they were doing is they were punting them back inside their own eight, their own seven. You know, they just they just made them work the whole field. It was like... You can have a first down. You can have another first down. Don't worry about it. What's that? You want first down? You can have a first down. That's fine. You get a first down. You get a first down. <laughs> but then when it got to the 40-yard line, 30-yard line, they couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, how many, how, many, how many Chiefs drives ended up in the red zone? Two? Two? I think it was two. Maybe three if one of the field goals was. But, I mean, they, they didn't make many trips down the red zone. 
Um, they they were really good in their own half. Um, when they got backed up, they did really well to move the football. And then kind of when they got to halfway, they just couldn't move the football that well. Yeah. It was very, very bizarre. And smarter people than us will do a dissection in this game and a dissection at the top ball defense and rushing four and, and everything here. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, this was just a good old fashioned beatdown. <laughs> and one team completely whooped the other team. And that that is, I mean, no one expected that in the Super Bowl. No. And if they did, they they wouldn't have expected the Buccaneers to be the ones to do the, 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 the whooping. They would have thought the Chiefs would have run up 50 points. So, yeah, I mean, I thought Shaq Barrett in that second half was, was nothing short of remarkable. The amount of times he was <laughs> he turned into a Benny Hill sketch when he was chasing Mahomes <laughs> around the field. I mean, even Will Goldsmith, Will Goulston had a go uh, trying to get Mahomes down. And Will Goulston's been playing in the NFL longer than I've been alive, it feels like. <laughs> I mean, like, he remembers the days when Emmerdale was Emmerdale Farm. Like, that's how far back Will Goulston's been playing in the NFL. I feel like he's like 108. <laughs> if, like, I, I don't remember the NFL without Will Goulston. Like, he's been playing for years. I don't actually know how old Will Goulston is. I just know that he's been a staple of the NFL since 1947. <laughs> Uh, he's he's yeah, secretly I mean, he, probably got more rings than uh, Tom Brady because uh, well, he's, uh, he's got one. But yeah, oh, at that <laughs> age, he's, he should be everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he, he was there. He was there when the Yucks got founded in 1976. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love Augustine, good lad. But yeah, I mean, um, unbelievable to just see. Mahomes running like 30 yards behind the It was pure Madden. It was like, I'm going to get the football. I'm going to run backwards until my receiver's open. But then he had just, uh, yeah, the pressure was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. So um, let, me, let me let me ask you this question. Right? So we, we've watched this game. Right? We know we know how this game was, was won. It was won with efficient offense, fantastic defense. Do the other 30, 30 teams in the league look at that game, study it hard and think that's how we stop the Kansas City Chiefs and then on top of that do we think that there are one enough teams that are able to execute that kind of plan with the talent they have and B be good enough to stop the Chiefs next season to maybe not make the Super Bowl <laughs> I just, I'm throwing it out there because <laughs> I don't know the answer and I, want, I want Lee on this as well because he, he, I know he'll have some skin in the game being a Dolphins fan well, there's a uh, there's a beautiful edit for me later on this evening. Um, no, I, I I think Andy Reid is too good of a coach to let an entire off season go for this to happen exactly the same. I think there's very few defenses in the league who are capable of a having the defensive personnel, but b having the defensive coach like Todd Bowles to put a and b together to get a result as similar to the Super Bowl as we just seen. I think the Chiefs have too many weapons for that to. And and listen, if the Chiefs and Buccaneers play again next year, and the result in the Super Bowl, uh, the, fu- the, res- the the fixture in the Super Bowl is the same. Can I see the Buccaneers if they keep hold of Todd Bowles and their defense doing exactly the same thing? Yes, because what we saw yesterday was nothing short of remarkable. But I think throughout the league, I don't know if there is enough talent elsewhere. Perhaps maybe Pittsburgh, or I don't, I don't know. I just think what they offer weapon-wise when they're firing, and I know you said at the start of the podcast we, we didn't really see it since the first quarter against the Buccaneers, a Chiefs offense go, but 
we have seen that team do that and I think they've got the capabilities to do so so no I don't think that this is now a blueprint to beat the Chiefs every week okay Lee you may speak I I actually think the the opposite because and I've got reason for this we we saw the Dolphins do this to the Chiefs earlier in the season where Jerome Baker chased chased Patrick Mahomes 30 yards down the field and made a tackle I think the, the trick to it is you don't want Vita Vea breaking through and chasing him because he's going to make Vita Vea look silly. Vita Vea is a great player. It's a wrong matchup. You want speed guys because Patrick Mahomes loves to just, if it's not there, just fall deeper and deeper and deeper. If you've got speed guys who can at least stop him setting his feet, there is a blueprint there to actually make this a, a workable system where you can cause them some real problems because all of a sudden he, he, he's got to move away from speed, which yes, he usually able to do, but we found now that you get some of the, the really fast edge rushers, even some, some corners and safeties are, are able to say, just stop him from setting his feet and actually looking down the field. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe safeties and corner blitzes are the way to get to Mahomes with the speed. But yeah, all right. I like it. I like the fact that we're split down the middle so far and one of us will be either right or wrong. It's, it's definitely year. interesting to see, if nothing else. It, it, it's There is a there's something for teams to try. If they figure it out, great, fine. But It, it, it was great to see a corner blitz yesterday, I'll tell you that. I mean, it was great to watch Sean Murphy Bunting come off that that corner and, and have a go. I thought, you know, I I said this, I said this in the preview show. Um, I can't remember who I said it to. And I think I said this on TalkSport. The top balls is going to have to do things that he has not done all season. Um, and he did that. I, I looked at the game plans and I thought the Chiefs tried to do what they do best. The Buccaneers tried to do something different. And if I had to explain this game to anybody, that is how I would explain it. We saw things from the Buccaneers that we just haven't seen, especially from the defense. The offense was pretty efficient. And um, I mean, I I still can't believe that playoff Lenny has, has wheels. <laughs> We've waited five years. We've waited five years to see him have wheels. I mean, yeah. like, he's all... quick. He went we... in untouched. Untouched into the end zone. I mean, like in the NFL in the Super Bowl, he's gone in untouched. That kid has wheels. Yeah, but that is purely because he has been in the air dryer for a week and those noodles <laughs> stiffened up a little. But trust me, noodle legs will be back. Yeah, he will be back. He looks like he's going to be a buccaneer. Um, so, Until uh, Najee Harris proves otherwise. When I mean, we pick him at so here's a question, right? So we're 24 hours from the game, not even that. What does this mean for both teams for next year? And what, what, what do both teams need to do to either get back here or change the outcome or win or, or repeat? I, oh man, what a question. It's, uh, it's also 24 hours since I had very little sleep and try and work that one out is difficult. I mean, I've, I've had two hours sleep. I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, for the Buccaneers, Tom Brady himself has said he thinks next season will be better. So I think from a Buccaneers perspective, I don't know what their free agency situation is like or who they're set to lose, if anybody. But maybe the Buccaneers just continue on this trend and 
we see the next year the Buccaneers are exactly the same. And I think for the Chiefs, they need to... The Buccaneers game on Sunday was built on on defense and, and let Tom Brady and the war machine do the, what they had to do. And I think the Chiefs, their war machine was completely hampered by defensive frailties and having absolutely, you said it, you said it birth, best yesterday, Murph, you said they've just got, and the word's gone. You said they've got no, help me out here, I'm dying on a river on my own. Uh I don't even remember what I'm, the word now. I don't know what you mean. They got, they got no what? They got no discipline. You said they've got no discipline, oh, yeah, no and discipline. I think I think yeah. they need to have a, a long, hard look at, at perhaps that side of the ball in what they need to do personnel-wise to perhaps get something a bit more solid in the defense as a leader. I mean, I don't know. I think what we've seen from the Chiefs offensive-wise and what Andy Reid's capable of doing to a playbook, I think they're okay on offense. I think the defense needs a little look at to be able to keep them in games if the offense doesn't work. I, I think the Chiefs linebacker core is suspect. I think that, that for me is is the difference in the two teams mm. massively. Is I mean you've got on one side you've got Devin White and Levante David who played their, their socks off. And on the other side, you've got undersized fairly league average linebacker play. And so what what that meant was when the Buccaneers could just do what they needed to do on offense because there was always someone available or open because the linebackers weren't quick enough. They weren't big enough to make the plays. Playoff Lenny ran over them. I mean, he ran over them three, four times. He knocked them over like they were dominoes. Like when was the last time you saw Devin White or Levante David get absolutely decimated? It just doesn't happen. Um, I think they need to go and get some linebackers. I think they need to get better O-line depth, clearly. I think they're the key areas for for the Chiefs um, to, to so, do anything. So given the fact that they're now picking at 31 and linebacker is, let's say, their biggest need for fresh young talent, do we think they move back into the, uh, do they move up in the first round to get somebody uh, if that's what they, they need? I don't think they move up. If anything, they move back and get extra pieces. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, listen, you're not really picking line, that many linebackers in the first round. There aren't that many linebackers that go in the first round. They're elite <sighs> talent. I mean, listen, Bush and White went two years ago. Patrick Queen went last year. There's not that many linebackers that go. You can get perfectly good and not just adequate, but better than above average players at linebacker at 31, or you can go in around two and you can pick guys. It's not really a position that people overly draft high um, and need to, unless they're they're a big, big player like Devin White at, at five, but you know, Devin White went up five. Like the Chiefs aren't going from thirty-one to five. Um, no. And I don't. And I don't think that there is a linebacker in this class that is at that elite level that a Devin White, a Devin Bush, is. Um, I'm having yet to go through them all and do a thorough analysis. So don't hold me to that take. But for my <laughs> initial thought process, I'm not seeing an elite linebacker play i think i think michael parsons michael parsons might have 
something to say about that monica but uh, yeah, yeah i mean I, maybe but i mean and i need to go and watch some more micah parsons tape but at the end of the day i'm i'm not convinced micah parsons is a top 10 player in this draft class so then i sit there and think if he's not well we'll wait and see i think at the end of the day it, it's interesting and you asked the question about the buccaneers and free agency you know they got a few guys um chris godwin shank barrett who's on the tag this year, Levante David. They could move on from Donovan Smith if they wanted to. Um, they've got playoff Lenny. They've got Antonio Brown. They've got Gronk. There's quite a few guys. Um, Mike Evans has already said that he'll take a pay cut to pay these guys. I think Chris Godwin gets done. I think Shaq Barrett gets done. I think Levante David gets done. I think those guys... Absolutely no no doubt in my mind that those three guys remain because Levante David has been a buck his whole career and you're not going to bail just because you've just won a, a, a ring. You know, he's been paid a lot of money in his career and rightfully so. I think he'll take a below market deal to stay. I think Chris Godwin will either play on the tag or it, they'll do a deal. And I think Shaq Barrett will get a deal that he's very happy with. Um he couldn't quite get done last year. Um, I hear that COVID was a big part of that. We'll see what happens this year. Then, then the questions come on AB, playoff Lenny Gronk. If Gronk wants to play, he's back. They'll pay him whatever he, he wants to get paid to be back. He's not going to ask for silly, silly money. He's not going to want a long-term deal. It's just whether he wants to come back. Mm. You know, he's come back. He's won a ring. <laughs> I mean, his life's pretty good. He can do what he wants. Um, AB that's an interesting one I really don't know there's a part of me that thinks that he could come back and then there's a part of me that thinks that his ego could easily stand in the way of him coming back because he could want a stupid deal because he's won a ring yeah um, play off Lenny I think it depends on how much money I think if, if, if he's smart if, if he's smart, he says, I'll take a $1 million, $2 million deal. Let me go and win another ring. Oh, noodles. Because I, I, I think if, if, if he wants big money, he's, no one's going to pay him it. Well, if someone does, <laughs> then fair play. But I, you have to look at it now that, that Tampa's now a highly, believe it or not, is a highly attractive place to, to play football now. It's hot. Uh, it's a good team. You're playing with Tom Brady. I mean, who whoever leaves of... A, B, and it's going to be, I, I said, those three, and they can move on from Donovan Smith if they need to and draft a tackle to, um, because he's being paid a lot of money next year. I, they could keep him, uh, that could go either way. He's going to get paid like $14, 15000000 million next year. And is he worth that? Probably not. So whoever they don't sign out of those guys, whether it's, it's AB or or playoff Lenny or whoever it is. I, the free agency market will be there for them to get who they need to get to replace those guys. I don't think I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be losing too many off this roster that are essential. There'll always be some people that will go, and there will always be some people leave, but um, there won't be many. There and you know, like I said, the key ones here are Levante David, who I think takes a below market deal to stay because. You've stuck it out this long and finally got a ring. Why would you leave now? Yeah. 
And he's ha- it's not like he's never been paid. He's had good money in his career. He doesn't need he doesn't need a life changing amount of money now because he's had that already. Mike Evans has offered to take a pay cut. That will probably go to Shaq Barrett and then Chris Godwin. They'll work it all out. Like I, 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 my my gut prediction says right now, Godwin plays on the tag. That's where that's why I think the tag goes next year. I think it goes on Godwin. Okay, so so if most of the Buccaneers stay together, knowing what you know now, are we seeing them there next year in fifty six? This team was built to win it in fifty six. It wasn't built to win it in fifty five. Well, that sounds like you're saying yes, then. Uh, yeah, it, a lot <laughs> of it also depends on what the other teams do. I mean, listen, the, 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 the one thing that the Buccaneers have in their favour more than anything else next year is their path to win the division is a lot easier. <laughs> no Drew Brees with the cap hell that's going on in in New Orleans. Atlanta are going through a complete rebuild. Carolina are going through a complete rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> It's no such thing as a given division title, but I would be shocked if anyone other than Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the NFC South last next year. So, and then that makes your route to the playoffs obviously a bit easier because you're going to end up as, you know, a first seed, second seed, or third seed based on winning your division because the winner of the NFC East will be fourth. So, you know, you're going to be a top three seed and then you're a different path to the playoffs. You'd obviously then at that stage, it depends on what other teams do, but will, a bit, will the players, will the Buccaneers be in the playoffs next year? I mean, barring some kind of disaster, of, I, would, I would be at this point saying I'd be fairly confident they'd be in the playoffs next year. Um, there could be injuries and all those sorts of things, but if everything remains as it is, yeah. And then from there, you see what happens. Don't so, rule out. No, well, I can't. I can't now. I can't, I can't rule out Tampa Bay, Tom, and the Buccaneers. It's just, it's not fair. It's not fair. We, we, we're not going to talk halftime performance. I've got quite a lot to say on that. So we'll save that for, for next week or, or whenever we're back in your ear holes, Rush Nation. Don't forget, we do have a competition over on Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. It's our signed Ricky Williams Saints jersey. There's a Just Giving page in there. If you do decide to enter please do not select gift aid as that could void the whole competition and then our charity unique wouldn't see any of the money and we don't want that at all because we want all the charity money to go to unique have i missed anything murph no listen so you know like you said like you said there we're running this until the end of feb so um and it's a donation to unique it's on the gofundme so that is on the um the pin tweet. I haven't actually done one with the jersey, but we do have the jersey. We do have pictures if you want to see the jersey. Do you want to go get it? No. No. <laughs> okay. We do have the jersey. It's in Stocks's house. So we have the jersey. Um so we did say that if it's an international winner, that's absolutely fine. We will ask for some form of contribution um towards the postage. It's not outrageous, um, especially for a signed jersey, but yeah, we might um, might ask for a small contribution just to help us um, with some of those costs. Um, but not all of it. You know, we would definitely um, pay a fair amount of the cost, but with Brexit and everything, sending parcels to the US, is, if it's the US, is significantly more expensive than it was 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that is it. So please just, it's a pretty simple competition, no keyword or anything like that. Just um, when you donate on the, the just giving page, just um, use your Twitter handle. And yeah, as stock said, don't use the gift aid. So yeah, just enter that. We'll put, I'm going to change the pin tweet. I'll do that at some point. 
um, this week. But uh, yeah, and we've got other giveaways planned. Um, the playoff leagues ended. I'll be in touch with people about stickers and stuff. Um, so we'll do that uh, this Can't week. Get them either. <laughs> it's all right. We, we, stickers. We, so yeah, we we've got some people to to give stickers to. I know Greg from Warrior Bowl won a division from us, very very close. Went down to the wire. I know John Taylor won uh, one. He beat Jack because Patrick Mahomes let Jack down in the draft league. Um, Oof. And there's two more, and I haven't. I think Tin Man won one, but I need to check, and I can't remember who the other one was. Um, but I will get into that um, over the next sort of 24, 48 hours. So we'll reach out, we'll get stuff, and we'll sort it all out. Um, but yeah, more importantly, just uh, keep staying engaged in the channel. If you haven't checked out the YouTube uh, video of the preview, yes, I appreciate the game is over, but there was loads of great insight in it. Do check that out. Um, and there's almost five hours of us in there, so you know, yeah. you come for the good stuff. And there's there's almost a day's work in there if you're skiving. So stick that do, on. Do you know what? If 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 nothing else, the single most request guest we get every time is Joe Pisapia. He's on it, and that was a great chat. Yeah, and our boy Lee did an absolutely smashing job with the intro and the introductory slides and making it look fantastic as he really always did. does. And there Incredible. he is. You've heard him today when my gremlins took over. He's behind the glass making this thing run on steam, coal or biofuels, whatever it is that he uses to get this thing out. So we massively appreciate you, mate. Murph, congratulations on being part of the World Championship train, my friend. Enjoy the ride that you are currently on. I was going to say, at least at least people know that I've not, like, if, if you've been listening to us since the beginning or since I joined you know, I've been on the Buccaneers train for a while. Um, I mean, I've been on the train for 20, 20 plus years, but in case people go, oh, no, you swore because you've done Braver. No, I mean, you can listen to the uh games way, go way back way. it's on record <laughs> 18 months ago there was no Tom Brady in Tampa and Murph was still there in his Buccaneers stuff yeah um yeah what can I say so it, it's great and uh I have a Super Bowl po- I have Super Bowl programs from both games now even though I didn't go to this one um but yeah loads of cool stuff we're going to do in the off season um, we're going to do into a lot of it we're going to do a review of the season because I, I really enjoyed that part of the show I know you did too and we did it last week stocks and, and lee and and go through some of the stuff we missed because i i guarantee it's loads but um <laughs> every time we talk about it there's more but just to, to everyone who's listened to us and over the past week who's engaged thank you so much um love the show keep doing what you're doing Keep doing what you're doing. Rush Nation, I'm going to leave it here by saying if you do want to chat with any one of the Five Yard crew, reach out. we got your back. Just come for a cup of tea if that's what you want, obviously via Zoom or hologram, depending on how I'm feeling on the day. But Rush Nation, until next time, enjoy the Super Bowl replays. We're out of here. Keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. 
Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 